1: This documentary is very important and beneficial to bringing awareness to those that are struggling with POTS, mast cell activation syndrome, Ehlers-Danlos. We need to bring awareness. And this is so important to have this fundraiser because it's going to be the voice of you. You all need to be heard. And we have to start somewhere. One person makes a difference. One donation makes a difference. So finding a way to be the voice so individuals that are struggling with chronic illnesses and rare diseases can be heard. These doctors are taking their time to make a difference, their own time, their own free will. And so you can step up and be that voice for everyone. One person matters, one person makes a difference. So if you go to mcasfund.com, www.mcasfund.com, you will be making a difference.
0: Today I'd like to welcome our guest, Maddie Wend, a mental health practitioner, published author, a multi-state licensed therapist, a national certified counsellor as well as a registered play therapist. Today we're going to talk about mental health components and the need for early diagnosis and treatment due to problematic consequences and manifestations of untreated underlying conditions such as mast cell activation syndrome, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, POTS, microchondria and metabolic issues. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you
1: very much. I appreciate being here. Thank you.
0: So, yes, could you start by telling us what happens if somebody with one of these conditions or problems comes to you? What is the first steps you take?
1: Well, I receive a lot of young, young, uh, like teens or kind of the betwixt age, that 10 to 12 year old as well as young adults that come to my office. And a lot of times a neurologist will refer them saying they have migraines or perhaps they have epilepsy, but it's not diagnosed. So they're having some sort of seizure-like behavior, a lot of anxiety. There's, you know, sometimes a history of smells or, or texture sensitivities or some, you know, some sort of other underlying conditions that also have triggered the need to come to my office and so a lot of times i'll get oh there's a lot of hypersensitivity well what is the hypersensitivity i will ask and then they parents or other friends or family the same you know experience of well we go in the car and all at once we get to the restaurant and this food that the smells are triggering. Or it may be we were just walking around and suddenly, you know, my daughter breaks down in hives or my daughter has headaches and we don't know where the headaches are coming from or she eats something or drinks something and she has GI symptoms. And so I started getting a lot of young people, I would say probably the last eight years. And there's been an increase. There's been an increase. And when I start to see these people, these young people, you know, I will do my traditional GAD scale. You know, is it anxiety? We go through the list of what are your triggers? And I started seeing patterns with these are young people that actually are able to socially and emotionally regulate. They're not only dealing with a mental health uh, component based on some sort of either neurological symptoms or somatic symptoms that are happening, but they are dealing with mental health symptoms from an underlying medical condition that's not been diagnosed. And so I would get, you know, young people, young adults that would say, I've been going to the doctor for five, 10 years, even 15 years, trying to get treatment, and they would be on all kinds of medications for mental health. And as we started learning about things, we started recognizing, wait a minute, you're eating a lot of high histamine foods or there's, you know, these triggers and and they would work on their triggers with emotions. They knew certain things triggered their anxiety. But when we took away the trigger, they're still breaking out in hives. They're still having food aversions. They're still having smell sensitivities. They're still other components. So I started getting an increase with mast cell activation syndrome patients or clients. And I also noticed that a lot more young teenagers were talking about chronic pain. I would get a lot of chronic pain, young people. And it's like, so what did you do? Are you in athletics? And I would have young people say, no, I'm not even in sports. I'm in band. Or they would give up band or they would give up sports because they were bruising easily. Well, I partner with a, I go back and forth with a doctor out in Palm Beach who does Eller's danlos And so I would start sending my clients to him only to find out, wait a minute, they have Eller's danlos And then we would discover there's Eller's danlos there's POTS, there's mast cell activation syndrome. I started seeing young people with metabolic conditions. And, you know, when we think about mental wellness, Usually our diet, sleep and exercise is the first start and getting any kind of medical testing to rule out anything. However, there's, you know, there's other things that can manifest. And so when you're using coping skills and you're trying to figure out how to cope, and then you've got these other conditions, coping skills are not going to cope away a food aversion or a food allergy or a histamine issue. And so I started learning more information. I also have a younger daughter that has these rare diseases. And so I started educating myself, not only as a practitioner, but as a mom. And I started to realize, wait a minute, we have on a global scale, people that are struggling, not getting diagnosed and early diagnosis is crucial. If there isn't that early diagnosis, then the mass cells the anxiety, our mental health and our medical can, can clash. Uh, I have a support group that I run with 6,000 members now. And I, I, I've only had that support group for a very short time because I was having people that were saying, where do I go for information? and not getting information. And so I created this support group just thinking, well, you know, I'll just have resources out there. It'll help people little did i know that it was getting to the point where people were talking about their coping skills they were talking about their connections with other people and they had the same stories so when i have individuals come to my office we not only do like you know your traditional social emotional kind of psyche valve but i also talk about the family history i want to know are there anything with food allergies? Are there any rare diseases? Are, they, are there any mental and medical components? I also like to know about, is there any toxins? You know, mold and toxicity? you know, was there any kind of situations where a family member might have been exposed to something? you know, our air, our water? I question our air and water. You know, do we know what is in our air and water? Do we know what's in our food we eat? When we think about processed foods now, there's an increase in processed foods. Years ago, we didn't have all the processed foods. We are a society where we've got curbside pickup, DoorDash, you know, the click of a button. And so when we think about Macelle or we think about POTS and Ehlers-Danlos, how did we get here with these illnesses? What is it that there's child after child or young adults struggling? And so, you know, I talk to a lot of practitioners in the medical community. And when, when I speak to them, a lot of times it's the same thing. Oh, it's anxiety. It's a mental health component. I'll send you a referral. Well, over time, I started recognizing, wait a minute, I see the patterns. I am working with this individual for six months and their anxiety is still the same. Maybe it's not all anxiety. Perhaps it is that underlying condition of something medical. Well, we all know there has to be, supposedly, with the diagnostic criteria, the tryptase levels. And there has to be all of these markers to make the insurance companies happy. But, you know, what if we think about other underlying conditions? And I'm not a doctor. I don't prescribe. But when we think about other conditions, mitochondria or Ehlers-Danlos, We do know that sometimes things present differently. You know, my own personal experience with my daughter's Zellers Danlos, it did not present with her MRIs like it should have. So it took her almost like a decade to really get treatment. It actually took over a decade. I see patients on a regular basis and clients that have went and had allergy testing and it was normal. And then they would say, I feel so defeated. It was normal. But why are they having reactions? Perhaps clinical identification is just as important as having the test results. You know, as a therapist, I look at the human, the the client as a whole person. These are human beings with feelings and emotions, and they need help. My duty is to do the best I can to help relieve their emotional pain and help them have the tools they need to be better, not worse when they leave my office. And so I believe them when they tell me they're not being hurt. And I believe them when they tell me they don't know what to do. I've even had clients come in and they're like, I don't think it's anxiety. I I don't know what it is. And so you know, we would go through the coping tools we would go through what I call the idea of mental health. That's where you identify the situation, you validate how you feel, and you ask yourself how this is working. Well, the trend is that would be for the normal person, and I don't even like to use the word normal, but an individual that is struggling with a rare disease, if you tell them to identify the situation and validate how they feel, they can do that. But if they look at where they're at, they can't control the variables of their medical underlying condition. And if they are not feeling heard or they are in a situation where they're with a practitioner that has no idea what they're diagnosed with, that creates a whole nother level of trust in the medical community. And so I do a lot of building trust, trying to help my clients. Your doctor, your practitioner may not understand this illness. And you feel very sure that you have some underlying condition like this. So we educate. So I do a lot of educating. You know, here's the resources of the tools. Perhaps this can help, you know, you moving forward. And so a lot of times I do some skill building. I do, you know, look at this podcast or, you know, this doctor is doing a lot of research. Maybe take this research to your local practitioner and see what they think. We don't have enough research out there. You know, I've had students that were in med school that would come to me and say, there's something wrong. I I don't know what's wrong. And then we would find out they would have mast cell activation syndrome. And next thing you know, it's POTS and it's Ellery-Stanless. And they'd be, you know, very mild but they'd be in med school. And they'd be like, I didn't learn this in med school. You know, I I have another friend of mine that's son is in med school. They didn't even touch. They had one day of one hour to talk about POTS. But when it came to mitochondria and mast cell activation syndrome and Ehlers-Danlos, he had no idea what it was. And he was in his third year med school. You know, there is an importance to bring awareness. And I believe as therapists in the mental health community, we are, you know, vital to trying to help our clients and patients. And a lot of times when we think about chronic illness, there is a, a lack of knowledge there. And so I try very hard trying to educate people. Uh, when I have individuals with Ehlers-Danlos POTS or Mastel, I always send them to uh, com because that has a lot of resources for them. I, you know, I, I try to, you know... Reach out to other colleagues in the field. You know, this is a good allergist that's going to help you. Or, you know, you you can read this book. This book is a good resource. It's not easy, though. And when we think about rare diseases or we think about autoimmune illnesses, those are lifelong conditions. And so our mental health many times can be a longer term process for therapy. You know, when there's anxiety or stress or depression, you go to therapy and you get treatment. But what I see in my office is a lot of times longer term therapy treatments and modalities because I'm dealing with the whole person who is not only navigating life, trying to figure out how they're going to get through school, but also recognizing that in the classroom there could be, you know, some sensitivity with food. What if another child brings something in and we, we can only do so much in the school system? A lot of schools are allergy or peanut free, but we can't possibly make every school. Oh, we have to have all of these foods not here. And there are some children that are allergic to 40 to 70 foods due to their mass cell. Uh, And, you know, sometimes that can trigger a lot of anxiety. And so I've worked with schools before where I've encouraged this child has a special condition with their eating and it creates a lot of anxiety for them. Could they eat in this room because we don't want to have any kind of reactions? And I've worked with other allergy doctors to help partner with me so that we could accommodate that for the child in the school. Now, of course, that creates other mental health concerns, because now we're segregating the child from friends and peers. And they're like, well, that child's different. What's going on there? So I always recommend to parents, we need to do education. We have to educate the classroom in understanding there are kids with differences and food many times is one. And so when we think about mast cell activation syndrome, it can, all kinds of things can trigger. And so mental health, just trying to juggle. Mental health, on top of that, it, it's a challenge. And so, you know, if you have pots and then you have Ehlers Damn those in addition, sometimes that can take away some of those activities that children can do. And so, when I have young teens or young adults, we do a lot of self esteem work. You know, what is it you can do? Let's not worry about what you can't do. Because when we think about the mental health components, The illnesses take away from who that child could be or that young adult. You know, sometimes they lose scholarships. Sometimes they they can't play golf because it's too much on their body or it's the temperature outside or they can't go on the picnic because they can't eat a lot of the foods. And so we have to figure out how can we make you still feel quality of life, still feel that You're able to do things that you enjoy, but not feel like you're being judged or ridiculed because it's not the young adult or the child's fault that they have all these illnesses. There definitely needs to be more research. We do not have enough. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that the medical medical community, there's not enough doctors that know what's going on. You know, if there were, I wouldn't see 80% in my office that have sensitivities with food. And and they're like, I don't know what to do. And here I am, a therapist referring them to an allergy doctor or an ear, nose and throat doctor because of the dizzy and the vertigo and all the sensitivities. Or I'm, you know, getting kids and young adults from neurologists because of their headaches. You know, unfortunately there's just so many things going on in our world and there's just not enough resources, but I really truly do believe one person can make a difference. And so every day I look at it like I'm going to do the best I can to make a difference in this person's emotional health. And by doing that, if that means I'm giving them a referral to an ear, nose and throat doctor or an allergist, so be it, you know, grad school didn't teach me anything about uh, any kind of rare diseases or chronic illness. But I grew up with a lot of it. And so I was already aware. And so when I started getting clients, I knew what to do. Now, there were some things I didn't know what to do. And so I kind of had that learning curve of, okay, what can I do? And, you know, I have to say, I I think we are getting more awareness. There are more and more people that want their voices heard. And that's all we can do is continue to bring awareness and continue to talk to others to, you know, try to figure out how can we make a difference? Because it isn't easy, especially when it's a parent or a young adult, you know, that they see their child or they themselves are struggling and they know there's something wrong. Sometimes it is self-defeating when they go to a practitioner and they have no idea what to do or they don't know what's wrong with them. One of the most mentally uh, damaging things is to say, I don't know what's wrong with you. I've actually had that happen. And the mental health uh, harm is great because they come to me and they say, if the doctor doesn't know what's wrong with me, or they, they say I'm crazy and they need to see you, it is very damaging to them. Uh, what's even more damaging is when they feel like they're not heard because they have so many symptoms. I, I once had someone say, well, you know, in med school, we teach us if there's more than so many symptoms, it's not, it's, you can't have that many symptoms. But yes, you can. When we think about rare diseases, this is territory we have not really covered, you know, on a global scale. There's all the criteria. But when we think about the criteria and the body symptoms are multifaceted, what happens with our mental psyche? You know, anxiety is in the amygdala. It's in the limbic system and it can grow and grow and grow. But when it's at baseline, it's the size of a little green pea. So when we think about multi multifaceted symptoms from medical underlying conditions that we don't know what's going on, there's all this havoc going on in the brain, creating all of this anxiety. So it grows. So if an individual is struggling with an underlying medical condition, how are they going to get back down to baseline to get that amygdala lower? And, and, and that's a tricky part. You know, a lot of times I focus on the insula, which is the part where love, peace and calm come from in the limbic system that, you know, even pets and animals and, and all those warm fuzzies that make us feel good. And so sometimes we have to think about what can give us calm. Sometimes kids can have their system overload, you know, it, neurological systems that kids with mitochondria, kids with autoimmune encephalitis, POTS, mast cell, uh, epilepsy, you name it. it. One, it's like one system is acting on the other one and they're reacting and, and there's chaos when they're not treated. So then their mental health is chaos because we have to treat from the inside out. We have to figure out what is the medical underlying component. And a lot of times I get individuals that have like the band aid of medicine on them. They don't know what's going on, but they got this little band aid, and they come see me and we're doing what we can with the mental health component, but we need the underlying component treated so then they can move forward freely with their mental wellness. It's, Sometimes it's kind of like the old saying, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What do we treat first, the mental health or the medical? And so oftentimes when people come to my office, one requirement I do have that's probably different than a lot of therapists is I do encourage a sleep study because sleep is one of the most important components with mental health. And so when I think about a sleep study, we can learn so much. And sometimes when there's a sleep study, A sleep doctor can also see, oh, okay. is it sleep apnea or am I seeing some sort of seizure like activity where they then refer like to a neurologist? And many, many times I've had individuals that come to me that can't sleep. They think they have insomnia, but we've caught other underlying conditions because they had the sleep study. And they're like, wow, I've never had a therapist require a sleep study. I'm like, I know because it's so beneficial. Uh, one thing I do think would be really great. that's um, something that my younger daughter, who's got all the rare diseases brought up to me. You know, when a baby is born, there's only a certain amount of testing they do. But what if they did additional testing, very specific testing that could capture mast cell activation syndrome and hypermobile eds? And, you know, some of these other rare comorbidities before it got out of control and what if there was much more education to where doctors started to learn that oh wait a minute i don't need to just stay in my lane these are crossover illnesses you know it's so important to recognize the value of education and how we can make a difference because you never know i mean one person saving one person can save everybody.
0: Well, I'm going to have to stop you there. I mean, this interview was packed with really good information. And and I'm sure many of our members will relate to you saying, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's all in your mind. You need to take some antidepressants or something. And it always amazes me as to how a doctor can tell you that when you've got chronic pain. You know, it's all in your mind that you can't do these things because you've got chronic pain, not the chronic pain is caused by X, Y, Z. So I'm sure people will have picked up some really good help and tips from what you have said. And it's finding that right person, isn't it? You know, um, if you would like to give um, your website where people can go and find you, that would be handy.
1: Absolutely. Well, there's MaddieWend.com, M-A-D-I-W-E-N-D.com. For the Ehlers-Danlos and the rare diseases, there is zebra talk, Ehlers-Danlos.com. There's lots of resources. There's a blog. There's also my podcast, Play Therapy Network. You can find me on Spotify. And then I have dfwtherapynow.com for Texas. And Delaware Dash, it's got the dash, Delaware-Therapy.com for Delaware. I'm also an approved provider for Florida. You can reach out to me with any of those websites. I really appreciate your taking your time. I appreciate being on the show today. Oh, thank you.
0: So for the people that are listening there, will you do virtual um, consultations throughout the U.S.? I do. I do.
1: And I I do uh, public speaking as well. And I do have some excellent book resources uh, that are out there. You can find me on Amazon. You can just uh, search me on Amazon. And I do a lot of children's books and mental wellness books, as well as trainings. And my office is open seven days a week.
0: Do you operate outside of the U.S. or is it U.S. only? I do
1: coaching outside of the U.S. So I do health coaching and helping families navigate.
0: Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. That's what I was thinking. So if if anybody is anywhere in the world, they can still consult with you.
1: Yes. And those, I'm in New York on Long Island. So a lot of times individuals with Ehlers-Danlos have issues with cranial cervical instability due to their Ehlers-Danlos. Uh, contact me because I can help you with the top neurosurgeon in the world for uh, CCI.
0: Well, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.